John 1.14 says, The Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Our prayer is that you might see God's love and faithfulness as you listen to our Sunday morning message here at First Methodist Bryan. Well, good morning. Good morning. My name is Will Pepper. I'm the Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministries, and I want to welcome you here personally. I'm so glad you're here joining us this morning here in person or online. And really, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here with you and to open God's Word together. I do want to apologize that uh, I, you know, I didn't make any slides for this sermon, so we're just going to have to go old-fashioned and open up your Bible or your Bible app. If you don't have the app, I'll talk a little bit, give you some time to download it, and uh, ask around for the Wi-Fi if you need that. But today we're going to be in Luke chapter 6. Specifically, we're going to be looking at verses 46 and 47. That's Luke chapter 6, 46 and 47. And while you're downloading that app, I just want to take a minute and, and uh, tell you I had the opportunity to go to summer camp a couple of weeks ago. And uh, that was quite the experience. It was like carrying a little bag of seeds in my left hand and a pail of water in my right hand, walking across the hot, dry, dusty desert in order to build an oasis. That's, that's kind of what that was like. And, of course, when it gets dark and cool, the, all the little critters come out to play and you get no sleep. But, um, but that's exactly what uh, we're doing is, is trying to build a, a foundation for these kids, a source of life for them to pass on to others in the future. And um, if you don't know me, I, I really like analogies. I think they're awesome for help painting a picture of the experience and helping you connect. And as we look at Luke chapter 6, verses 46 and 47, Jesus is, these two verses are transitioning from the sermon that he was given into an analogy, an analogy of what I would say is a true follower of Jesus or a true disciple. So if you look with me, Luke chapter 6, verses 46 and 47, it says this. Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. Let's pray together. Father, as we open the word together, Lord, and I just pray that you would come and you would just touch our hearts and our minds. Father, help us to think of you as great as you are. Father, help us to worship you in truth and in spirit. Father, I pray that everyone would hear from you and not from me, Lord. They would hear from you, that they would experience you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So here Jesus is, again, transitioning from this sermon that he was just given, and he's about to go into an analogy of what I believe is a follower of Jesus. And he makes it clear, he breaks it down for us. He says, this is what it's like. For everyone who comes to me, who hears my words, and acts on them. That's what I think is uh, how Jesus would define a true disciple. Someone who comes, who listens, and who practices. One of my favorite authors 
Dallas Willard, he defines disciple in this way. He says, a disciple is someone who trusts Jesus and is learning from him how to live in the kingdom of God as he lived in the kingdom of God. And you see, I think that that's pretty accurate because when we come to Jesus, the first thing we have to do is come to a place where we trust him. We come to him and we trust him. And why must we come to him? Well, the short answer is so that we might have life. We come to Jesus so that we might have life and life abundantly. In John chapter 5, Jesus is having a dispute with some of the religious leaders of his day and he comes to a place where he says, look, you guys, you pour over the scriptures because in them you think that you will have eternal life, but they point to me and you will not come to me that you might have life. We come to Jesus that we might have life and we come to him by faith. That's how we go. We go to Jesus by faith. We must come to Jesus and why wouldn't we come to him? He was the one that touched the untouchable. He touched the leper and cleansed him and healed him. Right? He healed the sick. He commanded the winds and the rain. He raised the dead. It was Jesus who lived this perfect life and gave himself up as a sacrifice for the atonement of our sins, making it possible that we could be reconciled to God when we come to him by faith. And when you come to him and you experience Christ, you begin to trust him more and more because of who he is. But we not only must come to Jesus by faith, we must listen to his teachings. Some of us may be thinking, well, if I come to Jesus by faith and receive this life, why do I need to listen to his teachings? I would just say that Jesus teaches us about what true reality is. He teaches us about reality. What life is like in the kingdom of God. What God is like. Jesus reveals to us who God is through his teachings and through his character. But for us as a true disciple also, we can um, learn. We come and we listen and we learn. We learn how to navigate this broken world with the truth given to us by the word of God. Jesus, John says, is the word made flesh. He is the word of God. So when we come to Jesus by faith, we must listen to his teachings as the word of God. That's why we must listen. But not only must we come by faith, not only must we listen to Jesus as the word of God, but we must put into practice the teachings of of Jesus. It's how we learn to embrace the sufficiency of his kingdom. Now let's go back to our verses once more. And then after we read them, we'll go right into the analogy. He says this, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Or why do you call me king or master? Right? And not do what I say. If we are his servants, why do we not do what he says? Then he says, everyone who comes to me, who comes to me, hears my words and acts on them. I will show you whom he is like. And then in verse 48, he is like a man 
building a house, who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. You see, the, the man dug deep, 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 and laid a solid foundation on the rock. And nothing could shake that. The floods could not shake that house. Could not shake it. And Paul uses um, another uh, illustration of like a tree. He says, let your roots grow down deep into Christ. Right? So that you will grow strong and tall. You will grow. Right? Just the, the tree will be able to withstand the winds because the roots have grown down deep. Shallow roots, the tree most likely will just get blown over. You know, our house uh, on the far end, we have some, I, I suspect we have some foundation problems. They say that when you see a crack above the door, that's probably a good indicator. And on the far, far end, there's the bathroom is the most furthest room on the house. And there's a little crack kind of coming in. Every year when it gets cold or hot, we always have to adjust that door. Because the frame, it shifts. And so when you go to close it, it doesn't close all the way, and it just jams. So if you're going to the restroom, that's important that you want to close that. But it doesn't close. So, And then also, when you're in there and you want to come out, you really have to yank it open because it's jammed. And it's just a nightmare. It really is. But it's because there's, there's got to be foundation problems, right? The frame is not. It's, it's, it keeps shifting. And so I would just say, you know, that that's, that's what Jesus is pointing out. You know, for a true disciple, they have a solid foundation, right? Doors open and doors close. But I imagine some of us are experiencing um, situations and circumstances where there's doors we want to close, and they're not closing. They're not closing all the way. They're getting stuck. And there's doors we probably want to open in our lives. But it's jammed. The door is jammed. And it could be because we don't have a solid foundation in Christ. A solid foundation closes doors that we want to close and opens others that we want open. And I believe that Jesus is saying, for the one who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, this is the way to build a solid foundation. Now Jesus didn't stop there. He gave us a warning. He goes on in verse 49, he says, But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly. You see, that's where most people stop. They come to Jesus, say, oh, I want the life. And then they start listening to Jesus as the word of God. But putting it into practice, that can be pretty scary. But look what he says. The one who has heard but, not ha but has not acted accordingly. It's like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation. And the torrent burst against it, and immediately it collapsed, and the ruin of that house was great. It says here that this person who did not act accordingly had no foundation. It said, without any foundation. And I get it, you know, like the teachings of Jesus, they're, they're difficult. He just said in his sermon stuff like this in verse uh, 6, 20, um, 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, 
Pray for those who mistreat you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other also. That's, that's tough. But he goes on to say that those who practice these things will be just like your heavenly father. You know, the one who loved us so much that in demonstrating his love, he sent Christ to die on a cross for us. Died for us while we were yet sinners. So he just wants us to be like him, and that's the way, by putting his teachings into practice. And that's the kind of sufficiency we learn to, uh, we learn the sufficiency of the kingdom of God when we trust Jesus enough to put his teachings into practice. You know, one time years ago, I, I really wanted, I was really wanting to share the, the gospel with anybody that would listen, and I felt like the best way to do it at the time, because I didn't know anything about anything, it would be just to hand out gospel tracts, little pieces of paper with little gospel messages on it, and I remember going, and I, and I found this, this woman had a beautiful gold cross on, and I thought, oh, that's another Christian sister. I bet she would really appreciate this or pass it on. And, and so I told her about it, and I handed it to her, and she slapped my hand, not pushed it away, not no thank you. She slapped it. And my immediate reaction was not one that Jesus would have insisted on. But I did go back to the car, and I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to pray for this lady. I don't know who she was, but don't smite her. Lord, we love her. We love her. I was just trying to give her your message. Um, it's not easy following the teachings of Jesus. In fact, in John chapter 6, it's interesting. John chapter 5, it's like, come to me. John chapter 6 is these teachings and it's too hard. The people leave, right? A lot of the disciples leave except for the ones that he chose, the 12 there. And Peter says something like, you know, like, to whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Like, this is all we got. We just got to keep on, you know? We've got to come to a place where we trust Jesus enough that we will put his teachings in the practice. Because if we don't practice... We're not going to have any foundation, and our lives are going to come to ruin. A true disciple is someone who comes to Christ, who puts their trust in him, and believes in him to the point of listening, and then following through by putting what they learn into practice. And yes, again, I can say it's, it's difficult. I'm encouraged by the words of the Apostle Paul who said, I am crucified with Christ. No longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and this life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's not just about getting into heaven, but getting heaven into us, getting it into our hearts and our minds. It's not just praying, Father, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, but being a part of that process. It's about building a foundation, something that's going to last. I want to invite you. I want to invite you to join me. And let's do this together. Let's build a foundation as we put the teachings of Jesus into practice. Let's build a foundation for our lives, for our families' lives. And let's build a foundation for their future and for this church. Let's do it for the sake and for the glory of Christ. Let's pray together. Father, help us. 
Help us build a strong foundation in our lives and in the lives of our kids, in the lives of the church, as we come to you, our Lord and our King. You, Lord, as our Redeemer, the one who saves and restores and makes all provisions. May we come to know you as you are and love you with our whole hearts, magnifying your most holy name. May we hear the words of the Holy Spirit as you speak to us. Give us understanding, Father. Sometimes we don't understand, but whom else shall we go? Help our unbelief and where we lack and teach us to trust and obey like the old hymn says. Trust and obey, for there's no other way but to trust in Jesus. And it's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening with us. We hope that you have encountered the risen Jesus today. If you want to hear more, please consider subscribing. We would also welcome you to join us in person. For more information, please visit us at fmcbryan.org.